0: On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast Prairie Baseball Academy product, Andrew Case announces his retirement. And we catch up with another Alberta product doing great things stateside. Matt Cortell joins us. Welcome to episode 27 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. First off, thanks for your patience in getting this new episode downloaded. I had some important business to take care of over the weekend. Yes, a wedding, my wedding. A special shout out to my better half, Erin, for her undying support of ADS. Chances are you'll see us around a ball diamond or two over the summer. Pun intended here, she's definitely a catch. On to this week's episode. And over the last couple of weeks, a big announcement made as Andrew Case announced announced his retirement. The 26 year old native of St. John, New Brunswick has bounced around the minor leagues over the last few years. He was first discovered at the very first T12 tournament where he threw a no-hitter. That led him to signing with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2013. Here in Alberta, Case will be remembered for his time with the Prospects Academy in Edmonton and then Prairie Baseball Academy in Lethbridge. And that's where we start this week's podcast, chatting with PBA coach Todd Hubka about his reaction to Case's announcement and what he hopes his young players take away from what he accomplished todd thanks so much for joining us on the podcast hey
1: thanks for having me
0: take us back to the first time you met andrew case
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a few years ago uh yeah you know what he's your typical uh eastern boy that's for sure he's a very genuine young man that uh you know what i got a kick out of him was you know, just just the way he talked and everything it was uh He's very East Coast and and uh, very East Coast and very personal young man. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: When you look back on it, how was it that he managed to or you managed to bring him back over to Southern Alberta of all places and have him play baseball at PBA?
1: Yeah, you know what? He he went down to the states his his freshman year and 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 didn't like it. And uh, you know he he was at the Prospects Academy his grade twelve year, and we, and we had another. Couple kids from the from the academy up there, uh, Corey Wood and 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 uh, Travis Stanky and and uh, you know they they just mentioned that uh, this case kid wanted to to come out to PBA and I, you know I really didn't know a lot about him and and uh, you know from there we you know we communicated and got it all set up for him to come here and and uh, it all worked out in the end.
0: What was it like coaching him?
1: very easy to coach. He was a, you know, he's a very personable young man. I think that anyone that knows him, that has followed him throughout his, his uh, PBA career, his Bulls career, you know, uh, to, to with the Toronto Blue Jays throughout, you know, all the, through the Vancouver Canadians, all the way up to AAA or whatever, whoever meets Andrew Case knows, you know, what a wonderful guy he is and, and how genuine he is and always has time to talk to people. And, um, you know, as and coaching, there wasn't much difference. You know, if, if he had an opinion, he made sure he told you his opinion and, um, you know, he was just it, it great to coach. I, I wish more kids were like that on, you know, on the field to coach. He was a great kid.
0: Was there anything that really stood out to you in terms of his mechanics, his abilities that made you go, you know what, this kid's going to be a gamer for a while?
1: Well, for sure. He's a gamer and that's not hard to figure out. I mean, you know, you play ping pong pool, (laughs) you know, anything you play with him and and he wants to win. And, you know, so the game part is being the gamer. I mean, those are hard to find. And and he's, he was definitely that, but, you know, just right from the, from day one, when he got to us, it was, you know, he knew how to, to throw strike one and, and, you know, he got ahead of hitters all the time. And, um, you know what was holding him back a little bit was probably just his physical ability um you know and after he came to pba and and got on our workout program and put some good weight on and you know all of a sudden then the velocity started to go up more and uh you know just good work ethic you know around the ball yard that you know got him better and and uh
0: I am curious uh one of the things that everybody rem- is uh, reminded of when he made the announcement about his retirement was his performance and no hitter at that T12 tournament. Were you there for that or what did you did you hear anything about that tell us a little bit about that outing in particular?
1: Yeah, like uh no I wasn't there, Joe, but I of course, you know, you can watch the games on online or whatever and uh so, you know, I was watching it and uh I actually uh, uh, called up Jamie and and was talking to him on the the Toronto Blue Jay scout that ended up signing him, and as he was throwing, I was talking to Jamie and and uh, true story, and you know and and he was saying like you know signability and stuff like that, and and at the time Andrew you know did not commit to go back coming back to Prairie Baseball Academy for that fall, but he was working out with us, and and you know he said well we could you know, we could draft him in the spring and I told him that, Hey, he's not going to school right now. You can sign him if you want. And, you know, as we were having that talk, uh, Mr. Alomar, Roberto walked over to him and said, sign this kid. And, you know, Jamie said, well, I guess we know what we're doing now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's kind of how it went down. And, and, you know, it took a few days after the tournament 12 to, uh, for him to, to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays. But, oh yeah what a what a neat opportunity for him to you know to go to the the inaugural tournament twelve and 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 do you know do what he did out there and and show off his skills and uh you know without that opportunity he would he would have never had that chance you know with the blue jays so mm-hmm. um good for the blue jays and good for andrew for well how well he threw so
0: What's it been like watching him make his way up the ranks and continue having the success that he did have over the last few years?
1: You know what? It's, you know what, it was a little surprising how well he did early and how how quickly, you know, he moved through the system and, and, you know, got up to long A down in Florida and then, you know, to New Hampshire. And, you know, and every stop he made, he, you know, he, he pitched to, uh, you know, to keep himself on the team and, and, you know, there wasn't very, a lot of bad outings when, you know, when Andrew, you know, came into close games or, you know, through, uh, through late in, in games. So, you know, it, it was, and of course we always follow our guys close. So, you know, you're always on box scores, you know, the next morning or, or late at night seeing how he did. And uh, we're just, you know, proud of him for how far he took his, his game and, you know, really just a step away from, you know, making it all the way. So um, wish he would have stuck with it, but it's, you know, that's his decision. And, uh, you know, wish him all the best.
0: Speaking of that decision, any ideas, or have you heard anything about uh, what he has in store? Were you in contact with him over the last little while to kind of determine where his mindset was at? And, and even beyond that is, what was your reaction when you heard the news?
1: uh you know all all of us coaches here at PBA were were a little surprised that he that he did that uh that he did retire but you know it, it's his decision he's getting you know he's not young anymore I um uh, you know I think he's 26 years old now so 25 26 right in there so you know it, I mean for our sake it's disappointing but you know that's Andrew's you know lived through the grind for you know a lot of years of professional baseball and it just seemed like, you know, talking to him, he goes, I, I'm I'm just stuck in double A and, and not getting the opportunity to uh, to move up anymore. And, you know, when you're a, a late sign like he was, there's not a lot of money invested in him. And, you know, he, he just saw younger kids come through the system that, you know, the Blue Jays had money invested in that, you know, he thought was, he was better than them, but, you know, they pushed them on to bigger and better things. And, um, you know, that's professional baseball and, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, from talking to him, he just felt that it was time and, you know, you got to respect that.
0: Mm-hmm. And especially given, I know he's got a, a young family on the go as well. And, and at some point there, there comes that de- a decision that needs to be made in terms of what, what the future has in store for that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, you know, he, he was missing his family, you know, they were back in, in New Brunswick and. Uh, I'm sure that had, you know, something to do with it too. But, um, you know, where his future is, is, you know, we've we've been in contact with him and he's contacted us that, you know, he wants to try to to stay in baseball and and do some coaching. And, you know, we're, you know, this just all happened real quickly and we just don't know where that, you know, if, if we can help him out in any way with through Prairie Baseball to... You know, we we would love him to come out here and coach. It's just mm-hmm. a matter if we can make it work or not. So, um, you know, we stay in touch all the time. So, uh, you know, we'll be in contact with him and trying to figure out, you know, what's best for him. And whatever we can do to help that, that uh, we're here for him. So.
0: And you bring up a great point as well, is that he's remained active within the PBA community. And I know during your guys' uh, uh, luncheons and and fundraisers and that kind of thing, is that he's still very heavily involved and still tries to give back to the PBA community.
1: Absolutely. That's, you know, that's what makes Andrew special is, you know, he doesn't forget where he came from, uh, you know, right back down, you know, out, out in the Maritimes to, you know, to the prospects, to the Prairie Baseball, you know, there, there was a process to, for him to get to where he got to, and, and he hasn't forgot that. And you know, that's what makes Andrew special is he's a great kid with a uh, with a great personality. And and you know, whoever meets him or gets an opportunity to talk to him, it's it's easy to figure that out. So.
0: What kinds of lessons do you hope some of your players that you have at PBA now take away from what Andrew has gone through over the last number of years as a pro ball player and even a, a prospect in your own ranks?
1: And you know what, like it was it, the the last last year, um, he didn't come out to to Lethbridge to train before the season. But you know, before that, he the last the the couple of years before that, he would come out in in November and stay with us. You know, just about right until till spring training, and it, it was great having him around, having a professional, you know, pitcher with our pitchers, and and seeing how he, you know, when he threw his light ups and he threw his bullpens, and uh, just the way he approached everything, and you know, everything was in control, and it's like having an extra coach there, you know, uh, having him, and and it was and it showed with our our pitchers, too, that, you know, okay, this is how how you go about doing things. And, uh, you know, that's why we would love to have him back, too. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to pitching, and he understands it, and and he understands the competitive part of it, that, you know, as we move forward in baseball, you know, in general, that's hard to find these days is that competitive-type individual that just, you know every day wants to give it their all to, you know, to get to the, the next level. And, and Andrew is one of those guys. So
0: Todd, I do appreciate the time and looking back at the uh, career of Andrew case, uh, from a PBA perspective. Thanks so much for the time today.
1: Uh, thanks Joe. Appreciate it. Anytime. And love what you guys are doing in Alberta for baseball. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful following you guys through Twitter and Facebook and everything that you guys do. It's, uh, it's fun reading the stories on all the academies and and the players, you know, to to where they're going and everything. I keep up the good work and talk to you soon again here.
0: If you head over to Alberta albertadougoutstories.com, Ian Wilson's been hard at work again, doing up a weekly rundown of some of the big performances by Alberta-born baseball players in American college programs. One of the guys garnering a lot of attention is Matt Cortell. The Edmonton-area native is in his senior year with the Milwaukee Panthers, based at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. He's hitting 255 with five dingers and 24 RBIs, as the Panthers remain in a tight race for top spot in the Horizon League. We caught up with the 22-year-old recently to talk about life on and off the field. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
2: No problem. Glad to be here.
0: Let's talk about from the very beginning. And how did you get into baseball in the first place?
2: Oh, man. Um, I started at a super young age. Um, I have two siblings and my older brother. uh, He played baseball growing up. So I think he's probably the reason I first started uh, to have a love for the game. Um, He played. And so for years, I was always the bat boy for his team and spent a lot of years around baseball growing up. And then once I kind of got to the age where I could play, I played pretty much every summer from Little League all the way up to high school and now in college.
0: I have to laugh a little bit looking through the bio on the Milwaukee website, and it says you've got a brother who played football. And and that's a question that I tend to ask a lot of guys here is how is it that a, a Canadian kid an Alberta kid forgoes the whole notion of a hockey or football career and ends up going into baseball? What really stuck for you that made you go, you know, this is the way I want to do things?
2: Well, for me, I played all the sports growing up. So I played um, in junior high, I was playing five sports um, baseball, basketball, volleyball, football, and hockey. And then I kind of started to weed them out as I kind of got into high school. And so I played four in high school. And then there's kind of a point where I was like, all right, it's kind of time to start picking and choosing. And I don't know if there's any like one moment that kind of stuck out. I was like, you know, like this is why I want to do it. But I think. Um, just showing up at the ball diamond every day was just something I loved a little bit more than going into the rink or you know going out to a football field. So that's I think kind of why I stuck with it.
0: What amazes me is even just go again going through that bio and two year hockey letter winner led his team to a Northern Alberta championship as a sophomore. I mean, you clearly were pretty good at a lot of different sports.
2: Uh, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say that, but I think I just was. <laughs> like to compete and everything. I mean, I definitely wasn't the um, prettiest player in every sport, like in hockey. I would definitely kind of consider myself more of a grinder than a playmaker or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I think I just enjoyed competing. And so kind of any chance I ever got to get out on a field or a rink or anything to play, I usually always took advantage of it.
0: You started out as mainly a catcher, and I know you've kind of made the transition to outfield, but what got you playing uh, first off catcher, and then what made you kind of decide, hey, maybe I'm going to try a, a completely different position on the field?
2: Um, I think I started playing catcher just because it was, for me, it was just like the best position to play because you're always in the game. You're part of every play, and you're kind of just a little bit of the field general going out there. So I think I just liked. to... Uh, kind of the mental game behind it a little bit too, you know, um, involved with pitch calling. Um, now kind of transitioning into college, I played behind um, Dalton Varsho for a couple of years and he ended up getting drafted in the second round to the Diamondbacks. And so kind of early on in my career, I kind of realized if I wanted to play, I probably might've had to make a transition out to the outfield. So I kind of planted the bug in my coach's head and yeah, kind of one thing led to another. I had a couple innings out there and then, Um, My junior year, uh, Juco, the catcher, came in and transferred in, and we kind of battled it out for a little bit, and he ended up kind of sticking as catcher, and I went to the outfield.
0: Walk us through that transition. I mean, was it difficult to go from being sort of at the front of the diamond to out in the outfield?
2: Um, I think the biggest thing is just to kind of have an open ear when you kind of first make that transition because, I mean, I played maybe an inning or two in high school, but for the most part, it was brand new. So I think just kind of learning from some of the older guys that had played it for a few years, and just kind of kind of following their actions as far as um, positioning against certain hitters and just like situational um, things. So it was just I think at the beginning it was just kind of being open to like listening and learning, and then the other part of it actually kind of physically fielding for this position. I think I um, always kind of had an innate ability to kind of track baseballs, so I don't think there was as much work required. The mental part of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Take us back to your time with Prospects Academy and what that kind of taught you about uh, yourself as a ball player.
2: Yeah, so I played um, for a year with the Prospects Academy um, in my senior year of high school, and I think um, I had worked with um, a lot of the coaches with like Cam and Sean and Taylor um, prior in St. Albert, and that was where the Prospects was kind of just the next step to try to get me to the next level, and I think um, Taylor Burns was a big part of kind of just opening my eyes to um, the potential of being able to go down to the U.S. and have like part of your schooling paid for to go play. So I think he kind of emphasized like how important strength training was and just kind of the full package of like a player when you're trying to g- get down to the U.S.
0: Was that always part of the plan was to uh, head down side and try to uh, make your way up the, the uh, depth charts that way?
2: Um I think I always wanted to. I never um I think for there was a while where I never like understood like how like likely of a potential it actually would be until I think Taylor was the kind of the guy cuz he coached me for a couple of years and he um played down in the US and so he was kind of the guy that really said like yeah if this is something you want to do like it's definitely possible and, and so he was kind of a big advocate for me in that way of saying like yeah if you want to do it let's do it and I'll find you a way to get down there.
0: Do you remember a moment where the light bulb clicked on and you went this is something I could do for a while. Oh,
2: man. I don't know if there's any one moment. I think it's just kind of the the summation of just playing baseball over time that you're just like you have fun with it and you have success through your high school career. And you're like, you know, this is like definitely something that I could see myself doing for more than just high school. And I could do it for another four years and hopefully longer than that if the opportunity arises.
0: Talk a little bit about your transition into the college ball and especially going to a pretty good market like Milwaukee. I mean, this is uh, this is no joke in terms of uh, the level of competition that you're going into in, in a relatively big market like that.
2: Um, I think the the first thing kind of coming down to the States on your own is just kind of trying to get uh, a footing in what you're doing. And I think the biggest thing for me was just trying to be kind of true to myself and not try to do too much. Because that was the first thing you start playing those fall games and you realize just like how much faster the pace of play is. And when you try to match it right away, you end up kind of trying to play above your ability and then you end up looking worse than you really are. So I think just trying to kind of stick within yourself and the things you know you can do was really the biggest thing that I found to kind of help me to success. Because I would definitely say I had like a little bit of a learning curve the first two years, you know, just trying to stick within my own capabilities. And then kind of once I got a better footing, that's when I was able to kind of just show what I could bring to the team.
0: You've had a little bit of success already this year, hitting right around three hundred. You've got a couple of dingers and getting a little bit of social media love as well. For talk a little about the the season thus far and what you've learned about yourself as you've made your way uh, through this current campaign.
2: Oh man, um, I think this year it's just been you know kind of your senior year. I kind of focused more on the team this year and just trying to have fun with everything I'm doing. So I would say the you know the social media and the home runs that come with playing is kind of just a bonus, but I think that I'm just kind of trying to go out there every day and just compete to the best I can. I'm definitely not searching for home runs or anything. and um, I've definitely not been a huge power guy in the past, so kind of seeing those balls go over the fence has definitely been an added bonus this year.
0: Did you end up changing your perspective on things? Because I know talking to different guys is, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, I'm trying to hit for contact, and all of a sudden it's, it's going off the bat like nobody's business, or did you change anything heading into this year?
2: Um, I don't know if there's any specific thing. I think it's just kind of understanding at bats a little bit more and just um just kinda of knowing times when you can take a chance and trying to, you know, put a little bit more on a baseball and just hunting certain pitches and certain counts. Um our coach Scott Duffick he always talks about just you know, don't look for the pitch you want, look 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 for the pitch you're gonna get. And so I think having that mindset at the plate has definitely um allowed me to make the most of some um hitter counts
0: when you look ahead to uh, the rest of this campaign and of course, through the summer and into the fall is what kinds of things do you have in mind in terms of what you'd like to accomplish and get done?
2: Uh, I think first and foremost, it's uh, trying to win a championship with this team. Um, We've had some good success, like in our kind of outer conference schedule and we've been a little bit of a rocky start here at the start of conference, but I think uh, in my four years here, this is definitely the most complete roster we have. So, um, I kind of said it back to my coach in, before the season. I was like, I think this is the team to do it. And he, he brought up the notion of summer ball, if like I was going to try to play anywhere kind of after my senior year. But I was like, I think in my mind, the way that this season is going to go with these, this group of guys, I don't think I'd rather, I don't think there's any um, way I'd rather go out playing than trying to win a Horizon League championship with these guys. So that's definitely the first thing, first and foremost. And then obviously trying to win a regional and super regional and World Series from there. That's got
0: to be an interesting dynamic to the, the idea of ball, Is it especially at U.S. colleges. You know, here in Canada, you have your one division and that's it, whereas here, it's, you got to go to regionals and then you're going to state and then you're going down the line. And so how difficult is it to keep those small goals in place while also making sure that you don't keep the, the long distance goals uh, in your purview?
2: Uh, I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing, especially for Milwaukee, we play in the Horizon League. So it's pretty tough to get like an at-large bid um, just because of the strength of conference compared to some of the other power conferences um, that are out there. So it's definitely trying to just keep your sights set on the thing in front of you, just like this game right here. And then, you know, we obviously down the road, you have the tournament, which is kind of what it all ends up coming down to. So it's just trying to build yourself and kind of put your team in the best position so that, when it comes time to the Horizon League Tournament, we all know like our roles and our jobs. And then it just comes down to, in four or five games, going out there and executing it.
0: I love asking this question of, of the different guys that we've talked to so far. Is, who serves as inspiration for you? Who do you look at and go, that's the person that drives me, whether it's in life or on the ball diamond?
2: Oh, man. Um, I think for a while now, my uh, grandpa has actually been a huge role model for me. Um, I always see him a couple times when I go home. And I think just from a young age, he was always kind of taught me what it means to kind of be a man. And just, he never, I guess, gave me any life lessons, but I just, from watching him live his life, was always just a great role model for me.
0: What would you like teammates to say about you once this college career wraps up?
2: Yeah, just always there if they needed a helping hand, just trying to be a brother at the end of the day. I think, you know, down the road, five, ten years, like, You want to be that guy that's like, yeah, I'm getting married and I want to make sure he's there or, you know, something like that, that I can reach out to them down the road and without questions asked, like they'd be there for me and I'd be there for them.
0: Have you looked beyond the scope of baseball to this point? I know you kind of alluded to it earlier, whether it's going to be summer ball or that, but after this uh, ball season in college is done, have you thought about moving on, going to, I know I've talked to a few guys who said, hey, I wouldn't mind going overseas, or hey, I wouldn't mind signing a pro contract somewhere. Have you thought about that, or or are you thinking you know, maybe a a life away from baseball at some point?
2: Um, I think right now, kind of on what I'm thinking, is probably a life away from baseball. Um, Right now, I'm kind of working towards hopefully going to medical school back in Alberta, either at uh, the University of Alberta or the University of Calgary. So, yeah, this, this summer I'm, I'm going to be working on my applications for those and trying to uh, continue my schooling in Alberta. Very cool. It's
0: uh, fantastic to see you having such a great success down in Milwaukee and a continued success. And here's hoping you have a long playoff run as well. Matt, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks to Todd Hubka and Matt Cortell for joining us on the podcast this week. A shout out as well to all of our sponsors at Dugoutstories.com. If you or your organization is interested in becoming a sponsor for the podcast, drop us a line at albertadugoutstories at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks again for listening and subscribing to Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast.